Got it. Yeah, you're trying to brand that name. I understand. All right. Um, welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast, uh, the podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds, uh, get to talk to people from other cultures and see what's going on in other parts of the world. Uh, today, I have a fellow Nigerian with me. Uh, he's originally from Nigeria. Uh, anytime, it's very it's interesting. I think you're like the third Nigerian I'm interviewing, I think. I'm not sure, but like the third or the fourth Nigerian. And usually I talk to someone from uh, another country or someone from a different background, get mm-hmm. to you know where they're from. But mm-hmm. uh, we all have different backgrounds. So even though you're Nigerian, your experiences are like different from mine. So uh, there's always something to learn there. Right. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the podcast, Arel Tones. That's right. Good to be here. Thank all you. All right. Aren't you going to give us like, uh, I don't know, a falsetto or something to start off? <laughs> Huh? <laughs> and I'm saying that because Arel is uh, an artist. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm more of a rapper though, so I don't know how much you want to falsetto for me. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> you kind of do. Isn't your style like? I wouldn't say it's Afrofusion, but it's like a fusion of because uh, you do uh, you rap. Uh, I, I hear some singing in there. There's some Afrobeat influences, uh, a bunch of stuff. So it's kind of like. I don't know if any musician now can like be classified as a rapper or singer, R&B singer. Like we used to do it like 10, 20 years ago. Like Drake kind of like shattered. Like Drake is doing everything. Yeah. So everyone is kind of like dibbling and dabbling in different things. Um, is rap your one true love? Is that what you grew up wanting to do? I mean, I'd say R&B, hip hop, rap. You know. Okay. But um, at the same time. Listening to stuff from Nigeria, right? You listen to Fela, you listen to Sheila Peters. Oh, okay. Okay. Sheila Peters. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Like, oh, he actually okay. came out here when I was young. It's funny. My mom somehow was able to get me. He was playing in some crowd. I was probably like 12, but I looked taller. So somehow she was able to get me, get me in there and I got to meet him. But Wait, your mom took you to the club at 12? No, 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 say that. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's an interesting story. Now, so the thing is, um, he was in town performing, and she like I loved him. Okay. And so um, I think it was like a Friday or something like that, and she mm-hmm. was just like, "Let's go." Let's go okay. meet him. So I got to meet him. You know, ask me where I went with my mom when I was 12. On Fridays, the church. <laughs> you know the Nigerian church where you pray all night till like it's like 3 a.m. or something? When I was in Nigeria, I heard that. I couldn't sleep. I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> dude, yeah, dude. That's great. It's something else. But, but welcome to the podcast. It's, it's glad having you here. Uh, we're recording this on the second day of 2020, January 2nd. So yeah, the very first episode in 2020. Uh, how do you spend New Year? Uh, what 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 do you do? Just hang out with some friends. You might you know might hit downtown, just kind of low key. So one thing about me, I don't really get too too turned up too late. You don't get to turn up. Okay, you. Get, I wish we had video now. You should see RL's face. It's kind of like trying to give me this cool artist vibe. Come <laughs> you know, I'm just chill. I, you know, I got swag. It ain't nothing. That kind of thing. But dude, for crying out loud. <laughs> well, it's all good. I understand. I understand you have a brand. But um, we met, um, what, two months ago? Three months ago? Probably like two months ago. Yeah, yeah something like that. We, we met at an event, uh, an, an African event here in Denver. And, you know, we just got talking and, you, you know, you... I followed you on Instagram. You told me, you know, you rap, you do music. I was like, oh, cool. I checked out some of your stuff on Spotify. I was like, oh, it was really cool. Uh, you released uh, 
Rewind 2018, uh, you dropped Electric, which I like really uh, very well in uh, last year. Then you dropped the EP also last year. And it would just be fun, like, you know, getting to know your experiences as an artist, as an artist and your experiences as a Nigerian who grew up here in the U.S. So we'll just go back and forth. Yeah, so um, I guess we could kind of take it from the Nigerian angle, if you will. So, yeah, both of my parents are Nigerian, um, but I was born and raised here in the United States, particularly in Aurora, Colorado. Mm. For those of you who don't know, that's close to Denver. Okay, wait, <laughs> let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. Why is it that half the people I met? So I moved here from D.C., right? Okay. And in D.C., uh, whenever you meet people there, they're like, if they don't tell you that from somewhere else, because this is kind of like a transit city, right? There are right. people from all over the world there, but there are people from all over the U.S. there. So, oh, right. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I'm from Texas. I'm here. I'm here. But when I came to Colorado, like one in two people will say I was born and grew up in Colorado. Why don't people like leaving Colorado? I, I understand it's so comfortable here. Like I came here, I gained weight. I'm so relaxed. <laughs> like, <laughs> everything is cool, but people don't usually leave Colorado. Well, you know, what's funny is there's, there's a, so for one, Colorado is always up there when it comes to the best places to raise families, right? And the whole United States, uh, believe it or not, it's one of the healthiest cities in the United States, mm. um, one of the safest cities in the United States, and mm. it's actually one of the most educated cities in the whole country. Really? Yeah, in terms of people who have um, a college degree or higher. Okay. I so there's that. a lot of things that attract, you know, like make our economy really good compared to other places. And that's part of why the real estate market is really high too. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. It definitely has a good uh, health system. A lot of hospitals, a lot of healthcare companies are here. A good place to raise a family. Is that why you're staying in Colorado? You want to have a couple of baby mamas? Or- <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> This guy's trying to get me to say something juicy. Don't do it. Go gold first, man. Go gold. Go gold. That is not what I'm... um, That's not the reason I'm here. I'm here because it's my home. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, And I've also... When I was in high school, for example, I thought that, um, you know, a lot of people were leaving to go to college, and I figured... If I can get what I need here, then I might as well stay. So I've been able to get that. Oh, wow. So you didn't feel the need to run away from your parents to go to another state. Well, you had a mom who was taking you to meet Sheena Peters at 12. So obviously you had cool parents. So you you had no issue there. A lot of people, when my dad was in the military, so I was like, oh, okay. So was my dad. Oh, okay. In, in Nigeria or in the, in the U.S.? No, in, in, in Nigeria. Mine was in the U.S. Okay. What branch? So he was in the reserve for it. At first, mm-hmm. um, and Roots General Military. So he worked on helicopters. Got it. Got it. Oh, so 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 was my dad. My dad flew flew helicopters. Okay. So before Google Maps, I could remember him like coming home with all these large maps that covered the whole <laughs> table, and he was trying to plot the what's it called the navigation for the helicopter, like the yeah. longitude and latitude, all yeah. that stuff. I, I can imagine now they just use GPS and stuff, mm-hmm. but that was back mm-hmm. then. Anyway, let's peel back the layers before we get to Arel. Let's talk about your persona, like who you are, Rashid yeah. Lawal. Yeah. I had to I had to say your government name, even though you told me <laughs> though you told me before the episode I couldn't say, but just to give some context. Talk okay. to me about Rashid now. Your parents, what was their journey? I don't know how much they shared with you growing up, but what was their journey like coming yeah, to the US? I'm always so, interested in that immigrant story. You know, yeah, I mean, they, they came a long way, you know. Mm-hmm. The, both of my parents were big on education and so they worked really hard. And I think both of them actually were able to get a scholarship to, to go to the Middle East to study. But my mom actually wanted to be a lawyer. She studied mm. English in the Middle East. So that's kind of interesting. But Wait, she studied English? She studied English in the, in Middle, the Middle East. East. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And I think she did finish. My dad, uh, I don't think he finished, although he got close. He just kind of had his eye on 
you know, what's next? So I think he was the first one to come to the United States. And my mom uh, followed soon after. And then from there, neither one of them, even though they both had some college, they not, not one of their college credits like transferred over here. So it's like they just had to start from scratch. Oh, wow. And so, you know, you can imagine. Um, yeah. So I think from there, they, they both got into healthcare and like my dad decided to join the military. And, you know, he actually almost got deployed to, um, you know, the first Gulf War. The one where United States and Iraq, because Iraq. Oh, that's tried to Bush, invade. Bush Senior or something. Yeah, Bush Senior. Nineteen ninety-one. Iraq tried to invade yeah. Kuwait because he was in the military. He he was actually deployed, and they were about to leave to go there, but then he was right. over. <laughs> okay, <laughs> lucky. really quickly. Yes, yeah, so, lucky. lucky, lucky him. But um, he actually, it's it's uh interesting because he was still in the military until like what he was in college. So he actually missed my high school graduation because of um, it was he was in Iraq. Iraq. Oh, yeah. got it. So even though he was in the reserve, he got you know activated, deployed. So yeah, I remember that. What's it like being the child of someone who's in the military? You because I watch TV and you know we watch things like what's it like Make a Wish Foundation where they make people come home for Christmas or Thanksgiving to like spend a day with their family and go back. Yeah. And you're in this constant state of doubt, like well, what's going on with my my dad or my mom? Like, is he alive? Is he not alive? Yeah, I think for me, I was I was fortunate in that he was in the reserve. Mm. So unless there is a war, and there really wasn't a war prior to what is it, Operation Iraqi Freedom, whatever it was. Um, he was around. So the reserve means you like once a month, you guys go do drills and stuff like that. Other than yeah. that, you're not uh, versus active duty, which duty. is you're always like, uh, what, how do I say eligible to be deployed somewhere else. So he's a little bit different, but when he was deployed, it was like for a year and a half, maybe okay. some more change. And so, yeah, I think my whole senior year, he was out. And so it had to be almost two years because senior year he was out, my freshman year he was out. So, I mean, now you kind of try not to think about it too much. You know, we still, chat you know when he was over there and you know but i just tried to try to not think about that long story short because it's it. a war zone especially all the things fortunately for him he wasn't one of the safest places you could be over there but again it's just anything can happen right there, so. did you grow up with siblings or how was the household growing up how much of nigerian culture did you guys get to interact with was your mom always like i'm sure you guys had nigerian music you were telling me about sheena peters but like the food the dressing did you guys go home a lot uh that kind of thing obviously your parents gave you a nigerian name that kind of thing how much interactions you guys have with the culture yeah so i'd say quite a bit I know how to eat all the stuff, all the solid, all, you know, Eba, Fufu, I know how to eat all Oh, that. he's saying that shit with an accent, man. All the Eba. What is Eba? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> folks from Nigeria are going to be on the comments, right? <laughs> Who is this guy? My friend, will you pronounce that thing properly? <laughs> hey. But like, he's trying. He's trying. I, that's what I was going to say is that I don't know how to speak it fluently. And it's, I'm trying, but so I'll say this. I can speak, I can pronounce French and Arabic words better than Yoruba, which is a shame. Because people in other languages tell me that my pronunciation is good. How do you learn Arabic? I'm Muslim, so I know a little bit. Got it. No, Got it. My name is Rashid. You know, is Why are all the rappers Muslim, for Christ's sake? No, I mean, <laughs> Drake, Drake is Jewish. Is there a thing? I don't understand. Drake, Drake might just, he co-ops everything. He might co-ops that co-option religion. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, I feel like there's actually a, a minority. Because if you think about it, really? from, from Nigeria, you have DeVito. Is he Muslim? Wiz and DeVito isn't a rapper, though. Musician, artist. 
Oh, yeah, the even in the United States, like I mean, a lot of the biggest no, now rappers in the U.S. I there's Muslim. there are some, but All no, five I mean, percenters no, or you, like, know, you have like Jay Z. Jay Z is he Muslim? Uh, Jay Z, uh, I don't know what Jay Z is like a five percenter or something. I don't know. I don't think he's Kanye is not Muslim. No, obviously. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying. I can, you talking about like? Yeah, is Kanye really a rapper though? Like rapper, rapper, he's like a, common or something? Is common a Muslim? Common is not a Muslim. Oh, okay. I don't think Talib most Kali, def most def is, yeah. but you see, like Talib Kweli. So Talib is an Arabic name, but I don't think he's Muslim. Got it. But the, the thing is, and that's the difference when you have a lot of folks in the United States, like they, you know, they identify with some of the elements of, of Islam, particularly like the Nation of Islam and that movement, because that was really a strong, a powerful time for being black in America, right? Like there were a lot of things that they talked about that you know really ring resonated. Yeah. yeah. So, well, okay, it's all good. Uh, now it makes sense to know why your mom went to the Middle East because she was Muslim, and you know it would have been you know, easier to blend in over there. Uh, but yeah, talk to me about. Did you have like siblings? Um, your know, interaction with like the culture besides the food. Did you guys go home a lot? Did you guys observe um, some of those uh, Nigerian traditions here locally? Maybe with the Nigerian community here, yeah. or like good so like, mostly, one or two stories that yeah. you, you could remember. Mostly me and my my older sister. Uh, she's three years older than me, so you know, I mean, it was always. How do I say it's fun but not fun because you know she's older. Why she bullied you? She bullied you when you were I mean, growing she up. She was she's bigger than me when we were younger. It's funny. She's definitely not bigger than me now. Got it. But uh, we were younger. But you know, kind of left each other alone. We didn't really, you know, it's not that like we didn't get along. We just sit down and watch TV together. But um, so really, really chill when it comes to that. And then growing up, I definitely. I got the Nigerian discipline. Go, go, stand in the corner, and raise your arms, and all that. Oh, okay, okay. Shout out your dad. Shout out, Mister Lawal. <laughs> okay, to my dad and my mom, and uh, all that, and you know, no talking back, none of that. So I knew how to respect and you know uh, how to treat my elders, I suppose. So I got that. Um, I think the emphasis on education um, was always big. Just even if I was talking in class, I realized that and. If I just give my good grades, I'll be fine. So, mm-hmm. but more than that, I think that I discovered I do kind of have a little bit of a curious, curious mom when it comes to different things. So, I just, I just let that, let that kind of keep me pushing through school. And but when it comes to the community out here in Colorado, so there are some, you know, some Nigerians, uh, different ethnic groups, and you know, since I was young, I remember going to parties with who I don't even know who they were, <laughs> right? <laughs> Birthday party. Um, graduation party, um, not as many weddings that I can remember. I think my parents probably went to some of them, but you had the Nigerian food at those parties. You oh, had yeah. the dances oh, yeah. and stuff. You had the dances, you had the Nigerian food, you had all that. Okay, okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah. And did you have were you conflicted? Because some people, while growing up here, to immigrant parents, or you know, they are conflicted between the home and the school. So I was talking to a friend from Iran, and she was saying how you know at home it was totally different, but when she went to school and you know interacted with all these Americans, it was totally different. Were you ever like confused or conflicted or asked your dad why can't I be named uh, I don't know Rashawn instead of Rashid? I no, no, know, no. That kind of thing. I don't think I ever had that thought. Even no. I think I was always well aware I was Nigerian. And um, I, I always kind of felt a little bit like a minority in a minority in school because, mm. you know, when it comes to religion, especially when 9-11 happened, right? Like, yeah. you know, people knew right away, oh, you, <laughs> you know, but but I'll give you an example. My dad went to Nigeria when I was in uh, middle school and brought back all these, like, traditional, like, 
you know, necklaces and like mm-hmm. these uh, the bracelets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'd wear them to, to school and be like, this is my African ice. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of proud of it, you know what I mean? But people weren't, I feel like people were comfortable with it because, you know, I wasn't trying to say that I'm better. I'm just, you know, I'm proud of, like, this is part of who I am. But also, yeah. you know, I know I'm, I'm here in the United States too, so. Yeah, plus I guess you were lucky enough to like be in Aurora, which is a pretty diverse place itself, uh, you know, compared to, I think I was listening to an interview where SZA was talking about, SZA's Muslim, go figure, like, and I think she used to like wear the hijab and all that when she was like a teenager, SZA, the singer, TDE SZA. She's Muslim, yeah, exactly. I gotta look her yeah, it was it was surprising <laughs> to me. Her. I'm like, what? So like, I think she used to like wear the hijab and all that stuff. Like, okay. and she's beautiful, and she was like, she used to like cover up and all that stuff. And then 9/11 happened, yeah. so it was now like it was almost like you're putting yourself out there. So she had to stop, okay. like wearing that. And just just that dynamic. But she didn't grow up like in a place as not that Colorado is perfect, but you know, compared to other places in the country, it probably you know, more accepting of uh, people who are not from here. But yeah, um, pretty interesting stuff. And you are Yoruba. Now, both your mom and dad are Yorubas, right? Correct. Do you speak the language by any chance? I mean, you heard how I pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> You're making fun of me for that. I'm not, I'm mean, not, I'm not, I'm so not. what's funny is I, I, I know some stuff. Like, I, it's not like if I go there and they talk, I don't know what they're saying. Like, they can't say nothing crazy. And I'm just mm. going to, I know what they're saying. Well, you know, but I, I hear you infuse your mind to yeah, your music. Also. A little bit, yeah. I yeah. do. So I just, I just figured that maybe you just. I'm not fluent though. But like, so even when I put in my music, like it's me. Like I'm not really asking people, hey, like it's me. But it's Got just, it. you know, I just want to make sure that. It's... Well, what can you tell your female fans listening to this podcast right now? Say something, Yoruba. <laughs> say something that Yoruba demonish voice. Uh, <laughs> say... I, say, <laughs> I will toast you all. <laughs> <laughs> what, are they, are they, are they like bagels or bread or something? You want to toast them? <laughs> hey, you know what that means. <laughs> it's only, that's a, that's a Nigerian thing. Yeah, that's, I was like, what did they say? And I realized, okay, that's what they mean. Got it, got it. Okay, it's all good. It's all good. You know, one thing I like about, and I don't speak my language either, even though I grew up in uh, Nigeria, but my dad was in the military and we're moving, oh my God, like Nigeria has, what, 36 states? Yeah. I think we lived in about... 25, 30 that's crazy. That's, it's crazy. Like, it got so bad that I was in boarding school, right? I, I Actually, one of the reasons he put me in boarding school was to get some stability. Because <laughs> <laughs> it got so bad, I'll go, I'll go to boarding school for two months or three months or whatever. By the time I'm coming back home, I'm coming back to a different house. Like, they've just moved myself. Like, okay, that's your new room. And I'll go there and I'll stay for holidays or whatever and go back to school and come back because it's a different house. Like, they were moving him so much. And once he, like, attained that rank, like, okay, his family was now at a certain base uh, while he now moved around, that kind of thing. But, but yeah, I just say that to say, um, yeah, I don't understand my language either. Mm-hmm. So we're in the same boat. What, what language is, is your native tongue? Uh, so I'm Benin. I'm from Edo State. That's like Edo State, sorry. Uh, that's like down south. So okay. I'm Benin. And anytime, like, Someone asked me, like, I need to learn whoever is controlling this whole Yoruba PR machine, whoever is doing that thing. <laughs> I need to employ that person because anytime I meet, like, an American or something, like, oh, you're Nigerian, are you Yoruba? That's the first thing that comes really? out of my mouth. And I'm like, no, I'm not Yoruba. And sometimes some people say, oh, are you Igbo? I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not Igbo either. They're like, so what are you? I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm Benin. Like, What's that? 
I'm like, yeah, Nigeria has like 300 and something tribes, so like, it's not just two, yeah. but I guess the Yoruba <laughs> boys have committed so much. <laughs> Yoruba guys have committed so much that if I just tell any girl I'm Nigeria, I have no, no, I'm not Yoruba. Yeah. I'm just Nigeria. <laughs> so like, oh, okay, I'll give you a shot. Tell me how you got into music, man. Like, what, what, <clears throat> when did you get to that realization that, look, this so, is you something know, that's an interesting and I story. Do. So, um, as I look back now, <clears throat> I realized how much I really was interested in music. So, from the time I was in elementary school, we had, you know, there was no, there were CD players, but you couldn't burn your own CDs yet because people were still just getting their computers. Uh-huh. So, you had the stereo, you had the cassette player. What I would do is I would put blank tapes in the cassette player and then record the radio mm. for songs I really liked and then just replay it. And yeah. I don't know why I did it. I just Commitment. like, I got to understand what they're saying. Yeah. And so I would do that. And then <clears throat> I was lucky because my dad would just order all these CDs and then I would open the booklets and just read all the lyrics. And this is like when I'm in second grade. Yeah, this is when, this was before Spotify people. So <laughs> I don't know how, Much I don't before. know my demographic is usually the older people, but anyway, people understand what you're saying. So yeah, so that was kind of, you know, as I look back, that's, I'd say that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, What were some of the songs you remember recording on the tape? Man, I remember one in particular, there was a... Um, Breaking Spares? No. What? I'm talking, short? I'm talking about... Uh, Anna Montana. Maya and Silk the Shocker. They had a song. Really? Yeah. That was for sure one that I remember. Wait, Maya did so many hip-hop collaborations. Yeah. Which one was with Silk the Shocker? You see? That was one I really liked because it was rare. They collabed. This is when, uh, you know, Nolan was still hot. Mm. And I remember that... Uh, hot Boys had a song. What's your name, boy? I need a hot girl. I remember recording that one, too, and just... Did the South, who had more influence on Colorado growing up? Because New York, growing up, New York had, I would imagine, influence everywhere. But who who came to town more often? Who did you guys get to hear of more? To like, be honest with you, I wouldn't say it's much of a competition between like New York or the South or, or the West Coast. I, if anything, it would probably be more the West Coast just because we're geographically closer. Okay. Um, but... I'd say the way things have been in Colorado, it's really, it's heavily influenced by the commercial industry. So in other words, what's top in the billboard charts is mm. what you're going to generally hear playing on Colorado radio. So like, we don't spare us then. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, she much. had her time. She had her time. That's not what I was recording. No. <laughs> Let me get that straight. I'm not going to take that away from everyone was vibing to Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake, but at the same time, you had Genuine, who was hot. Mm. You had Missy Elliott, who was hot. Mm. You know, that's when uh, P. Diddy and the family, Puff Daddy then, right, was hot. So, mm. you know, the locks and everybody. Wow. So, no limit, like you were, that means you were in there right from the start. It's not like you started off like singing or something, then you discovered hip hop. So, you were like in hip hop right from the start. Yeah, but in R&B too, because I like Shy. I mean, one of my my most, it's really funny. Um, When I was in preschool, I don't know why I still remember this. Um, Shy had this song, like, If I Ever Fall in Love, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember me and my buddy, we were trying to figure out like who, who the group was that made the song. And again, I don't know anything. I'm like four or five. And he was like, yeah, it's this person, this person. I'm like, yeah, Michael Jackson is in there. Uh, MC Hammer is in there. Sounds, Just everyone that, sounds, that I knew that because like it sounded good, right? Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, yeah, so I like R&B and stuff too. Okay, okay, cool. Can, can you remember the first time I was like asking rappers this, like your very first line or well, the first time you tried to write? <laughs> <laughs> what was it about? Usually it's about a girl, but let's oh, see. Oh, man, it's let's funny see what because your uh, I remember that I actually – 
made like a couple of flows in middle school. Mm. And um, then my nickname was Cheetah pretty much because I was African. Yeah, Cheetah. And so, Wait, because you're African? Don't, Wait, don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't read too deep into it. like Cheetah Girls or what? <laughs> no, not Cheetah Girls, just because I was African. It was Got it. Just, okay. don't, I don't even know. Some, you know, sometimes these names have some reason. Sometimes mm. it makes sense, other times it don't. But okay. anyhow, so that was like my nickname. So I made a rap like C H double E T A in your face. But I'm not gonna keep going because it was why not? I was talking about stuff <laughs> that was like crazy, and I was like, I didn't really. Do and it. you were in middle school. Yeah, so I was. I actually stopped because I was like, man, I don't do that, you know. And I guess it's funny because now people talking about people who are rapping about stuff they don't do and how that's really frowned upon. So mm. again, I kind of stopped myself then. Like I recognize, okay, that's not. What I do, so let me just not do that. You so, know? were you surrounded by any of that stuff, or you were just like emulating like people you saw? For the most part, emulating it. Be, I mean, there's still elements of things around, but you know, uh, I would say I wasn't really. That wasn't my day to day life, right? My family didn't partake in any of that stuff, so it was more of you know, cash money was hot. You know, things that rhyme. <laughs> Got it. And just that vibe too, of like you know. But yeah, I recognize that. I don't really. These words are more than just words, right? Like some people, if they've been through that, then it's different. But if I haven't been through that, I'm painting an image or projecting something in my in my experience or my life that I don't really need or want. Isn't know? that what everyone does on Instagram <laughs> nowadays? Well, like chilling. Ch- new- well, oh they're really God. there, right? So you, you have to see the New Year pictures. Like everyone, I'm like, is anyone at home? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> people are posting pictures from two years ago. Yeah. People are yeah. putting locate. Oh, I'm like, oh, man, yeah. like, people do the most. Like I don't know, man. Like Instagram, I just try to put my podcast. But no, shout out to you. You know, if you're doing that, if you're an influencer. More grease to your elbow, you know. Right. I'm still trying to see how I can monetize my podcast. It's not just in my blood. Maybe I need a manager, but anyway, that's that's by the way. Tell me about your 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 life as an artist. Like, what's who are you closer to? Are you closer to um, the Erica Badu artsy? A bohemian person, or you're, you're closer to the game, all about my money kind of thing, or you're the lover boy. Who, who do you, what what bracket do you fall under? Are you kind of like caught across all those things. I like to, I even say this in one of my songs on uh, Diaspora Music, the PSA, kind of like Tupac with a little bit of Malcolm. And the reason why I say That's that a dangerous is, combination, <laughs> is, um, like Tupac was very lit- lyrical, but at the same time, I feel like he always had something of substance. You know, people Rich. often say who kind of know know his story and know what he read mm-hmm. that he was pretty much as well read as like a Harvard first or second year like philosophy student. You know what I mean? So I definitely like that association, but also um, like Shodem Cap in Nigeria, they're mm-hmm. very lyrical. Okay, okay. But at the same you listen time, to Palm Wine oh, music. Come form. on, man. <laughs> I don't know how I found that, but I listened to it and it's so dope because the way their flow is, it's not the typical like Nigeriana flow that you hear. You know what I mean? I think they both came back from the UK, but that's besides the point. We have like homegrown Nigerian artists who are like competing with like the best in the world right now. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I definitely identify with that. I mean, Jadena, you you probably know about Mm, that guy. I I definitely like like the vibe of just really, it's it's not so much that I want to just say I'm an Afrobeats artist only because I have some work that I'm going to be putting out that really is more, you know, Western, Western. typical hip-hop. Rip. Maybe maybe a little atypical, but um, it's more of I want to acknowledge that, right, and be proud of it and just and show that I draw from that too. You know what I mean? Because that's a part of who I am. 
Okay, so you draw from your history, and I can definitely say this because the first time we met was an I was at an African event. Exactly, like that's not a regular place you meet like a regular like pop artist. artist or something. <laughs> yeah. And even in your video, like electrical, um, you you, you were garbed in like the African adira, like the African prints and stuff, and you shot that video back home. No, that wasn't your first video, right? You shot the uh, rewind the rewind, year yeah, before. Shot that. Actually, it was actually shot in 2016. Press rewind. Got it. And that was shot in Aurora. Oh, okay. Right a year. Okay. Well, why was it important for you to like shoot a video back home? First, let me ask. What was was that your first time of going back home since you were a kid? When was the last time you were home before? Yes, that? first time since I was a kid. Oh, okay. okay. So that was the first time when, when you were grown, conscious, you were, you were legal, all that stuff. Yeah. Why was it important for you to, like, showcase that part of your life, like with African prints, infusing, like, Yoruba in your lyrics, shooting it on the ground in Nigeria? Well, what was the deal? What was the rationale? Yeah, I mean, so the song itself and even the fact that I was there was kind of, it felt a little bit like a homecoming, you know, not like I'm really at that level yet, but it just felt like, you know, man, I'm I'm here and like, I'm being, I'm being able to meet family that I haven't been able to meet in a while. And, mm. um, and also when it comes to the music, I really feel that you really don't see a lot of what it's like. You know what I mean? Like, even for artists who are in Nigeria who are making music videos, there's a lot of dancing, there's a lot of things like that. But when it comes to, like, the generators that I showed, right, you yeah. don't really see things like that. Or it's just the people that were dancing. Just like, yeah. you know, I wanted to show, like, you know, just kind of some of the average things that you might see if you're... You know why? Because you live in Colorado. Like, if you live in Lagos, you probably want to show the big cars and <laughs> the houses. Well, yours is kind of like the yeah. opposite. Well, I mean, I, I want it to be a combination of things. You know what I mean? I think, I think that... um I realize that it's it, it. I have kind of a complex audience, if you will, like some people that know exactly what it's like, and another folks who probably maybe have never seen that before, right? Like, mm. I mean, some of the you saw the there was a cart full of yams, yeah, and some people yeah. were like, "Are those potatoes?" Like, a wheel, those wheel yams, yams. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so just things like that, you wouldn't know that people would actually be excited about. You were excited about. Okay, okay, that, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting. Are you currently signed or you're like pushing things independent? What's your situation like? Yeah, so like independent, but we have our own label. So, okay, uh, the okay. Label. all that money, all money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, RIP uh, to Nip. But um, we started uh, something, me and my boy AK over here started um, Aurora Music. And what's funny is I'm going to butcher your everybody again. So, Aurora is, like I said, where the city that I'm from. Yeah. Um, but in Yoruba, Aurora, it means something, right? It means, like, be careful. So it's almost like a double entendre. Okay. And it, and it really kind of captivates the idea of you kind of drawing on where we are here, but also drawing on, you know, back home to, to really make something special. Okay. Okay. That's good. Are you guys like a full-fledged team? You guys have like a manager you and know, stuff? We're, so it's, Get it's there. Uh, you know, the, the, we're co-owners and we have actually two other artists. Like we have uh, KT from Guinea who can sing like crazy. She's amazing. And also um, another artist, Karima, that's uh, Ethiopian, but she's actually raised in, um, I think it was North Dakota. Okay. Uh, but she's in town. She can also, I call her the Ethiopian Ariana Grande. So, okay. you know, we, we kind of just actually got this thing going. Like, um, I think it was really July is when we really formulated it. You mean the Aurora music thing? Mm -hmm. And okay. so we're, you know, we're, we're still trying to put some things together, but I'm really the kind of the vanguard of that. So, 
as I go, we're going to continue to find the formula and then put that formula to use on the other artists. Hey, man, I respect it. I respect it. Like, as someone who's pushing an independent podcast myself, I know, I kind of know, like, on nowhere near your level, but I kind of, like, know what it is. So anything I can do to support, like, whenever you want to plug something, just send it across. I'll, you know, put it out to my... What five hundred followers or whatever? Yeah, it. <laughs> so, so whatever it is, uh, yeah, yeah. If you want to bring other artists uh, yeah. on the podcast to, you know, anything I can do to help, uh, I'll, I'll do my best uh, to kind of help. But let, let me talk a little bit about you opening for Burna Boy. Mm-hmm. So Burna Boy was in Denver. What August? Yeah, so, some, some, something like that. Something. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was <clears> in Denver <throat> in August. I remember, if I, yeah, it was August because that was my first month in Denver. I think I just that was like my first week in Denver, and I was like, "Oh, Bonnie Boy's coming to town!" I'm like, "Oh, cool, 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 cool." And coincidentally, I met you a few weeks later, and you said you were actually the opening act for Bonnie Boy. So tell me, how much did you bribe the manager? What, what, did, you, <laughs> what did you have to do <laughs> exactly to get that show? Let, let the young, let, well, you're young. We're all young. Yeah. Let, let upcoming people know give yeah, them some game i mean how do you get that going? really so i was fortunate enough shout out to to zainab um she's an artist uh from sudan actually that plays the 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 violin and she sings and raps and so i was able to connect with her to for for myself and the other artists to open for another group called oshun and um from there oshun like the goddess yeah so that's their that's the name that they took but they're actually from new york um, so they're actually really dope, really dope uh, group. Two two women, and they just they vibe, they sing, they rap. It's really dope. You should check them out. But anyhow, um, so through Zayn, we got connected there, and then from there, you know, I saw Burning Boy was coming, so I tried to reach out to the venue, and you know, really the venue is only one piece of it. They have to kind of get the approval of you know the artists and their management team, whatever. So I think there were things kind of going back and forth. Yeah, and wait, also, the venue has to get approval. Of right. the artist, yeah. Is this, this pre Takashi or post Takashi? <laughs> what exactly? Well, I've never heard of that before. Well, because let's say, um, um, for example, Wale was in Colorado. He was in Boulder, okay, in October. But he toured with some artists that opened for him already. So mm-hmm. there was like no space for anyone to open. For example, you know what I mean. So sometimes they have people that are already opening. Got it. So things like that. But also, um, we also performed at a. The Cleo Parker Robinson Center this is one of our first performances, um, like myself and KT and uh, Anita, who is uh, one of the ones who put together this international fashion show, was helping to was kind of the local kind of promotional contact for the guy who's managing Burner Boy's tour. And so, you know, she saw us perform and asked if, if we you know would want to, to open for Burner Boy, too. So shout out to Anita as well, and that kind of started the. Wait, wait, she going. asked you. Yeah, really? Is yeah. that the Yoruba demon talking? Well, no, nah, oh, nah, nah. <laughs> it wasn't like you know. Oh my god! But it was like you know. I think she because here's the thing: we're in Colorado, right? We're in Denver, mm-hmm. Colorado, and the last thing I think people expect is to find like Afrobeats artists, right? Not that there are, there are not some, because actually are some really dope ones. You know what I mean? There's some that I've been able to work with on, on the work and more that I look forward to doing more work with, but it's just not what people would expect. And then if it's actually decent, right? Halfway decent and like it, that. then they're like, whoa, like, you know, so, and I think it's appropriate too. Like if, if we have an Afrobeats artist come out, why not have some of the, the local Afrobeats talent? 
Okay, not bad, not bad. And did you get to interact with, before I talk about interacting with Burner Boy, was that like your biggest show so far? Because I can imagine Burner Boy were 500,000 people or more. I don't know. Um, You mean like how many people were there? Then? Yeah. So, I mean, the show, so Denver, again, it's, you know, it's Denver, it's Colorado. So the place that it was at, I think there's probably eight to 900, maybe anywhere from eight to a thousand people, 800 to a thousand people. Um, was that the largest crowd you had performed for? To date, yeah. To okay. date, yeah. And then I was able to, again, shout out to Zainab, um, was able to to come on stage as kind of a guest appearance for during the performance for Jadena when he was in town. I think there was even more people there. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. There's a philosophy I have about Jadena. So we have... Millions of Yoruba demons out there, but Jidena is really. Why do like, you call us demons? First of all, let's, dude, let's pause. It man. is what it is, let's, man. <laughs> People listening to this podcast, they know. <laughs> I don't. I, I let that slide once or twice. I'm crying out loud, like you. So he, I'm sorry, sorry. What's your name again? Akeem. Akeem, are you Nigerian also? I am. Oh, so we have two Yoruba demons. <laughs> <laughs> so Rashid Arel actually has his friend and business partner here in the studio. Mm -hmm. Can you argue? Like after everything that has been done, two girls globally by Yoruba boys. Can you argue why Yoruba boys <laughs> shouldn't be called? I'm demons. not even gonna let no, you. No, no, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. It's just support. Should, it should, no, you should say First something. First of all, let's, let's attack how you're calling me a demon. Okay, <laughs> it is what it. Don't God forbid. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 God forbid. <laughs> My mommy don't like you. <laughs> Don't hate the game, bro. <laughs> hey. I'm just saying, we might be jealous of you. I'm just saying, but. No, no, no. Let's just keep it positive. The year just started. You starting it out by calling me a I'm, demon. And I was, I was going to say something about Jadena. <laughs> yeah, that's not a Yoruba demon by your words. No, I was like, going to say, like, Jadena is the first evil demon. <laughs> hey, if Jadena's listening, I love you, my brother, and I don't, I don't support what he's saying. <laughs> And for context, because we have people, um, uh, last time I checked, well, we have people listening to this podcast from Brazil, Saudi Arabia, all these places. Yeah. If you don't know what a Yoruba demon is, I don't know. If you have Nigerian friend, a Nigerian friend, ask. I would be for anyone who understands friend. that. I would be I would be Got it, got it. But did you get to like interact with Burner Boy at all? Did you guys get to you meet? No, like, I did or something? Um, I think, you know, they, there were some things that, I think they were trying to figure out, so I didn't actually get to meet him. I think he kind of pulled up right right before he went on, and then mm. he was out. So I didn't really get to see him, no picture, nothing, unfortunately. Okay, okay. But, hey, I'm sure he'll be back in town when he gets a chance. Yeah, I mean, there'll be opportunities time. to do this, man. I remember when Destiny Child was talking about um, opening for Destiny Ch Destiny's Child was opening for some other girl like big artist at the or time. something. Yeah, okay. and they were just on the come up, so they didn't like get to interact with the artists. They didn't have a trailer. They were yeah. just changing outside and, you know, they are girls and things like that. But look at where Beyonce and Kelly and Michelle is right now. So, but, you know, just to give you some encouragement that plus we're Nigerians, we know they carry last. We'll hustle to the end. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. Now, Brenner Boy kind of like identifies uh, to a larger extent with some of the things you identify with. He's gone past the point of like, identifying with his roots, uh, you know, infusing some of his language and his music, so actually using his music as a weapon, as a weapon for the voiceless, basically, and using it as a weapon for kind of like what Fela did uh, to speak against, you know, societal issues, governmental issues. Yeah. Is that something you see yourself doing, like a conscious 
Hannah song or, or an album or, you know, infusing more conscious lyrics into your music? Yeah, or just so kind of like... On Diaspora like Music, I thought it was very important to do that. So, for example, this project is, is pretty much an album. But from the beginning, like there's spoken word on there from some, some girls from uh, Somalia. And they're saying, they're talking about that. Like, you was thinking about what you learned back home and using that to confront like these Western norms and whatnot. Like they're talking about that. That's substance. The second um, track, which is actually the first song is called save us. And what I'm pretty much saying, so it's a shout out to Shelly. Who's, who's singing that chorus beautifully. And the chorus pretty much is saying like, you know, we're, we're asking for help, but at the same time, like if you, if you get to a point where you think you're going to disrespect us, that's when we you know really wake up. And, you know, we're not just going to let you disrespect us. And mm. we kind of go into it deeper in that song and just kind of talk about, like, there's a book um, called The Heart of Darkness that was really, really big. It was one of the first books kind of about the African continent, about colonialism. And I who, even, who wrote that book? I think it was, was it, I want to say Joseph Conrad, but I might, mm. I might be, there might be one of the characters in the book. So go check, go check that out. I actually read it in high school, and um, I thought it was appropriate to bring into – um, you know, my work because I mean, there's there's so much there's so much imagery, there's so much truth, there's so much symbolism that I think gets forgotten. But at the same time, with that, there's so much power of not only the African people but all Black people. And I think sometimes we forget it, we take it for granted. Like my last, uh, the the first verse, the second, no, the last bar, the the first verse. I'm, I pretty much say that. You know, we ask God for favor, but I also say that he's already sent us a savior and it's us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I truly believe that sometimes we, we just, we forget about our own power. And so I'm, you know, I'm teaching my, I'm saying that to myself first, right? Like, I think sometimes I estimate myself. And so all this stuff that we're doing is really that. Like, we're really trying to reach our potential and get, you know, get to the promised land. Okay. Or right. build it, right? One of the yeah, Exactly. I respect it, man. I respect it. Um, who are some of your influences or the people you admire right now who are currently actively uh, pursuing a musical career right now? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Burning Boy is doing his thing, the African giant. You know, uh, big up to him. Preach. Um, like you said, so he's connected to fell out like a lot of people, especially the big artists in Nigeria and, and across <laughs> Africa. I mean, I, I don't know if you know who AKA is, but he's a South African I know rapper. AKA. I mean, he has a song called "Fell Out in Versace." You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, Fellow's impact. The one he sampled jealousy in or something. I think I don't know what he sampled, <clears throat> but yeah, it's I like it though. I think it's dope. But anyhow, yeah. um, so shout out to him and you know, really trying to keep keep the meaning and the substance alive. But what I wanted to say is the thing about Afro beats and that. Is even from the time that I I was young, one thing that I really realized with the music was you can write a song and it be about something like really positive or something meaningful, but it sounds it still sounds cool. You know, people still want to dance to it. Like you know who Coffee is, right? I know that song. Jamaican act, yeah, artist. Yeah, the song Toast that's bold that blew up. I think she actually sampled one of or covered one of Burner Boys. She did. She uh, covered Yay. Yeah, 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 yeah. She did. So um, anyhow, what she did with that song, you listen to. It's like a really positive song. 
Mm. Like she's talking about, you know, not like being too pompous and you know, ble- giving blessings, but it's so dope. Like mm. people, you know what I mean? Like I want to make music like that in a way. Kind of like putting the medicine in the yes, food or something. Exactly. Got the it. Greeks used to say that let the medicine be that food and food be that medicine. So yeah, because people if it, are going to eat it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. It'll yes. be like, you know, in your face and it'll be like, what the hell is going on? Right. So shout out to Burner Boy. Shout out to Shodem Camp. And I'm, honestly, from, when it comes to the stateside, like, Fabulous has been one of my biggest influences just from the beginning. I don't know, I don't know what it was about him, but um, articulate and he always comes with fire. And he's just there's just an element of this kind of more behind the scenes that are, that are always kind of working. So I like that level of, of, of intelligence behind the game. And then you have, you know, half my playlist I always says from London. You know, there's a lot of people mm. up there doing something. The man um, in it, <laughs> the man in it, man, So a big shot. <laughs> So, I mean, like, you know, like, Mist is one guy that I think he popped two years ago, but he, I listen to him a lot. And, uh, mm. you know, there's there's a lot of people. Dave, man. you like some Dave? But, man, come on. <laughs> come on. Of course got I it. like him, man. Got you know, it, there's so it. many people in London right now. Malik Bear, obviously. Um, there's they just they just have so much going on, and so I respect what they're doing. Jay Hus, Mostag, all these all those guys out there. Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of people now are starting to use analytics to develop uh, develop their audience, and I say that because you said the London thing. People are discovering their fans. Before it used to be like, I hold down my city, man. I'm on New York. Yeah. I wear a Yankee cap. Yeah. I, I do everything in New York. But now you can just discover through analytics that all your downloads are coming from. I don't know, freaking Kazakhstan or something. Yeah, yeah Kazakhstan. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's where, where you should go. Yeah, exactly. Like where no, you're your right. fans are. You're right. So I think I was actually following. I think it was 2013, 2014. Burner Boy actually did a concert in like Cyprus or something. He had yeah. his DJ at the time who was talking about hey, who who would have thought this would have yep. took us to Cyprus. But here's a here's a point about that. Like when it comes to Colorado, for example, I say one of the biggest guys, if not the biggest guy, is Trev Rich in Colorado. Trev Rich. Trev Rich. So okay. I mean. Yeah, I think he was assigned to Cash Money. I don't think he's still signed to him, but I mean, he's he's I, he's nominated for a Grammy, so wow, he's, he's big. And then I mean, he's just really talented. You have guys like AP, who's speaking of. I think they wrote an article about this song that he wrote uh, called "Freedom" in French. <laughs> and so he, I think he posted it on Facebook or something. But yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot of talent in Colorado too. Those are just I mean, two of the biggest guys, but there's a lot of talent out here, you know. And I think that you know, part of this is you know, I have kind of this unique story with having that access overseas. So I'm kind of, by definition, hopefully going to be international. But there's, you know, Colorado hasn't really had that, you know, commercial artist where it's like you turn, you go to any state. Oh, no, Bow Wow was from Ohio. Was he? Yeah, I know he yeah, wasn't it was from Colorado. From Ohio. I know he... So what's funny is we do have people from Colorado, like India Ire, for example, mm. actually from Colorado. I mean, oh, we really? have some actors like Don Cheeto. Who is India Ire again? I'm not my hair. Is, is that India Reed? Man, I don't even no, know. I am not my hair. Oh, no. She has a really big soul. Yeah, she, she, I don't even know, man. I just know oh, she's, no. she's huge. I didn't listen to her like Got that, it. but I just Got know it. I respect her. I just know she's big. Like kind of Erica Badu vibe. Yeah, the you know, Bohemian RC yeah. kind of thing. But um, like Don Cheeto, for example, I think went to East High School in Denver. Don Cheeto? Don Cheeto. Oh, I was shocked. Oh, really? I was shocked. And I mean, it's funny because Colorado is, is connected with... so. Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, the mm-hmm. you know her you know Sierra Leone, yeah, not not the Liberian former president, the first woman president. Of, she Liberian or Sierra Leonean? One of those two countries. I feel like she was Liberian. Got it. But um, she actually went to CU Boulder for like her masters or something, mm-hmm. University of Colorado Boulder. You imagine that the first woman president of 
Africa. I mean, if it's going to come from anywhere in the U.S., it's going to come crazy. from Colorado, So, I mean, it's, I it's good to know we do have some things if you look, but, you know, just really kind of that, you know, that image, that symbol, you know, I think we're all still aspiring to be that. Let me ask you a question. You, talk, you talked about a little bit about AK and Burner Boy. Those two guys are actually beefing right now. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. I and, think and I know they, why. And they did a really big song in 2015, 2014. Uh, yeah. All Gavin Eyes on Me. Like uh, yeah, it was really big. Currently beefing right now. And we've talked about, you know, us building our own system, uh, us building our country, you know, the black man or the black race, you know, advancing forward and all this stuff. Right. How the hell can we do that without unity? Now, I'm going to ask this question in two forms. Now, okay. you talked about earlier being in middle school and being a minority within the minority because you were Muslim, you were black, you were Nigerian, all this stuff. From what I've noticed, it's kind of like a little bit of distance between, I'll call them homegrown Africans and Africans who like grew up here in the diaspora or black people here in the yeah, diaspora. There's that yeah. disconnect yeah. between those two people. I mean, yeah. some of those, there's a little bit of unity, you know, with everything that's happening in Ghana now with the year of the return and everything. But what do you think can be done for crying out loud? And this might be an open-ended question. Yes, oh, I, I got some heat for you. <laughs> I got some heat for you. What, what the hell do you think can be done? Because without unity, because we're what I keep saying is that black people in the U.S. are already a minority. Yes. We're already 10%. Yes. Why don't you start splitting up that 10%? Okay, 2% is <laughs> homegrown. 2% is... Afro Latina, two percent yep. is mixed. Two percent is uh, what? What's the word? Um, Ados and all this, you know, know funny terms. I'm like African descendants of slaves and all this stuff, oh, okay. like wow. different from okay. the immigrants. Okay. And you stop having all this divide. I'm like, like we're not even the majority to start with, and we're dividing ourselves. Like, yeah. how can there be unity? Like, we have all this buying power, we have all this spending power, we have all these things, but we don't come together to kind of like we always rap about our blog but we never own our blogs like how yes. we, how yeah. and this is something i just keep asking every black person i meet how in christ well let me we come together let me say some things to that, move the culture forward so one of the things that i feel like i can be within this whole space is a bridge like you know i do i i didn't grow up in nigeria but I, both of my parents are, so I kind of think a little bit how they think, but at the same time, I went to school my whole life here, right? Yeah. Um, and I've seen a lot of things. So one thing I'll say is African history. I was fortunate enough to take African history in my school, but I was in like an advanced placement program. Mm. At the time, I don't know how many schools teach African history in the United States, not even in Colorado, in the United States, period. So that's some problem. schools use it to just getting their athletes through school. But now I'm saying, like maybe maybe in college there's African history, but not in high. school. Oh, you mean in high school? Yeah, that's what got I'm saying. It, got not it, in got high it, school. It, it's it. like it's very rare. So that's a problem, right? Especially you consider this places like Alabama, Mississippi, North Carolina, where there's a Atlanta, right? There was a, a lot of black folks, and not just black, but I mean just the fact that you don't teach African history or Latin history in high school is a problem. That's one issue. The other piece is you talk about owning not only the blocks, right, but our blood. Mm. That's one of the biggest, I think, travesties of, of, of slavery is it really disconnected everybody from everybody, right? Like, we know we're relatives, but we don't know how we're related. Yeah. So one of the things, if you ask me what we could do, we have to get together, maybe the EU, maybe ECOWAS, whatever, and along with some of the leaders here in the United States, and not only the United States, because it's a global problem. There's black people in the diaspora everywhere from like Portugal to Brazil, right? We need to 
come together, do some kind of form and make a decision on this, which is there's genetic testing now where they can literally trace your roots to what country you're from. So let's say like everyone in the diaspora, right, gets this genetic testing that's paid for by the country that pretty much was responsible for slavery, I think. And if they have 20% or 30% of whatever country, that country gives them citizenship, Mm. period. That right there. I feel like we'll go a long way, long way towards creating this or reconnecting people that have been disconnected for a long time. I mean, how many people are even actually willing to go and touch the continent? A lot of people say, you know, I'll, I'm, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. And unity is one thing. Unity, coming together and being unified is one thing, <clears throat> but not succumbing to an external force is another thing. Why I say that is that there's a lot of betrayal within our community. Oh, 100%. So all those things you've talked about, there are things that have been attempted in the past. I mean, I, think, I don't know I think if Kwame, what I said has been attempted. No, no, well, let me not say attempted, yeah, but, you know, it, well, attempted. maybe on paper, I know Kwame Nkrumah had this grand vision of, uh, even Mohammed Gaddafi had this grand vision. Of what? Of, like, everyone coming together. Right. In a sense, uh, they even recently with the African Continental Free Trade Act, all the countries were coming together, but France came in and did some things with some of the Francophone countries and they backed out of the unified currency that was supposed to be West <laughs> yeah, Africa. Yeah, all this yeah. funny, funny stuff. What I'm saying that is that, and even with Nipsey, you saw what happened within our community. Yeah. Like, it's difficult to, it's one thing to come together, it's another thing to like trust each other and not allow, like, Agreed. not sell each other out. Agreed, yeah. Slavery couldn't mm-hmm. have been possible if our brothers didn't sell each other That's out. That's exactly the truth. Like, the white That's man exactly. didn't just come and just yeah. pick the first black guy out Agreed. the street. If the whole village said, hey, what are you doing? Agreed. Like, how many people could have been on those ships, yeah. even with all the guns they had? Like, yeah. if we had come together. But no, they came and gave some people salt and gave some people mm-hmm. spices and all these mm-hmm. things, and we sold our brothers. You know, I think, it's, I think it's complex. Uh, what's not complex is, yes, the simple fact that in Africa, there are brothers and sisters, whatever, that sold their brothers and sisters out, period. Mm. But within the United States, once slavery was established, I mean, I don't know if you saw the movie Harriet, but it depicted it very well. There were mm. slave catchers that were black. Really? Right? Yes. Get out That of were here. black. That would literally hunt down other black people. During from, slavery. During slavery. Damn. Like you have people like Harriet trying to That's free. kind of like the house. So my point is, is you have you, yeah, you have. Oh, okay. I mean, you have that on all sides. But the point I want to make is this: to say that Africans or Black people across the world need to come together doesn't mean that we're all going to get along. There's still going to be crime. Facts. There's still going to be things that are negative, right? Like just like in any society. What what we're I think what the the goal is is to say that the world as it exists today. It exists with institutions that are made for black people and people who've been colonized or who have a legacy of colonial oppression. It's made for them not to be as successful as the colonizers or the imperialists, by definition. So the system is built against us. Exactly. So if we don't do something, and by do something, what it really means is become self-sufficient. Like One of the things that I think about- We need to build our own systems. So- Cars, for example. Mm. We talk about Nigerians want to see the big cars, right? Where are the cars made? Uh, Germany. Japan. Italy. Uh, France. Uh, United States. Name one car manufactured in Africa, the continent. Innocent. <laughs> it's not well known, but, you know, they, what, they make what, a couple hundred cars a year. What country is that? Maybe? Nigeria, actually. Really? Yeah, Innocent. Mm. 
It's, it's it's a new it's like new innocence, game. but it's like innocent and sun merged up. Innocent. When when did they start manufacturing? I don't know, less than a decade ago, maybe like six, seven years ago. Do they advertise? I mean, it's hard, man. You know what it is doing business in Nigeria. I, I never think saying, they can keep up with Because I was in Nigeria for two weeks. I didn't see one flyer. I saw flyers for other cars. Yeah, I mean, like, they're they're not as big as... You know, but that's my point. Is, yeah. is, so it's not even just to have... It's, it's having something that competes with the best. Right? Yeah. That's what it means to come together, right? Mm. But um, anyhow, like the point I wanted to make about the the whole genetic testing is even if people had visions to to you know bring people together, like again, it's always about how you're going to do that. For me, there's so I mean, I think a lot of black people around the world have this racial identity crisis, racial identity problem, myself Facts. included. I think there's this from the time that we're we're young. I mean, like we're we're taught to just. We're taught not to be the achievers that we can, right? We're not. We're taught not to harness our full potential. We're taught essentially the best you can do is listen, <clears throat> not go to jail. <clears throat> you know all these things, right? Like a lot of people can attest to this. You know, Jay Z in some of his songs says teachers told him the best you could do is be dead or like be a, you know, be a, a pothead. You know, like uh-huh. I've had friends in my school tell me this. I've had friends in college that were African American that were black that would tell me that. They've had teachers give them bad grades just because of who they were. Like, it's crazy. And it's like, these are things that still happen in 2019, 2020, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's, it's going to continue to happen to us. Like, we talk about people being shot and killed in the streets, black men, black women. And, like, you don't see Japanese men and women getting shot and killed in the streets. Why just black men and women? Like, because we don't have Nigeria or Ghana standing up and saying, hey, the next time someone gets shot, mm. like, you know what I mean? We don't, do you mm. see, we don't have that. Like, it's just, and we should, mm. but we don't. You don't see Indians getting shot and killed in the streets like that. Mm. It's just black people. Well, I mean, and we can talk about this forever, but, you know, it's not all lost. You know, Ghana is doing a great job with the year of the return. Uh, a bunch of people are in Ghana right now uh, oh, yeah. for the new year. And, you know, going forward, hopefully when we have kids or grandkids, it'll be a better society. It'll be, a, you know, the culture would have, you know, moved away and maybe our grandkids can take you further uh, even uh, from that. Just like how, you know, the MLK generation walked so we could, yeah, basically. Yeah. So our grandkids basically have to fly. Uh, talk to me about what you want to do in the future, man. You have the Diaspora EP out right now. Um, are you going to be dropping a couple of videos? What, what what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be getting one or two more baby mamas? Hey, what the you stuff? Know? I don't have any baby mamas. <laughs> no, I don't know. Do you have yet. baby mamas? What are you not talking yet. about? You, you know one thing about you, you know about one thing about Arel. So I was at a point I was wondering like, okay, he's a rapper, he's a singer. Like, what is his entourage be like? Do I need to get like extra chairs? I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me see, let me see. I'm like, okay, he came in one person. I'm like, okay, okay, he's getting there. Maybe the next time I interview him, we will be like three, four people. <laughs> Maybe the next time. Hey, I like to always be considerate. When, when you, you know start I mean? going on the road, maybe you start, you know, planting your seed here and there. No, 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 no. Okay. No. But black men don't cheat. I'm just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I'm not going to comment on that. I'm just, black men, it's just, we're I'm being misunderstood, man. But anyway. You should talk more about that on a separate podcast. On a separate. I'll be very curious. <laughs> maybe, I'll be, I'll, maybe I'll be the host and I'll ask you some questions. Okay. okay. <laughs> talk to me about the future, man. What, 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 what yeah, do you have, so, what you um, have in store for us? I'm planning to put out a mixtape here in the next next couple of months. Um, some, you know, just remake some, some tracks or some artists that are hot and I think it'd be nice for me to 
kind of see what I could blend in with their style and also have another track, which I really want to title Diaspora Music Part 2. And the concept of that is, so this part one is really more Afrobeats as you listen to it, right? Um, but part two is going to be more, again, kind of more like U.S. oriented. And the idea of it is like, we're all in the diaspora, right? All this is diaspora music, period. Got you know it. what I'm saying? So, but that'll be, I'm excited for that too. Just waiting, at, waiting for some things. I don't want to drop too much, but. Okay. Okay, man. We wish you all the best. Uh, you want to drop your like social media handles if someone wants to book you, uh, your account number. <laughs> Routing <laughs> number. Scan me, pull, 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 pull Hey, the address can't be scanned. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's all good. It's all good. When, yeah, so, when, when things like that happen and, you know, my friends, my American friends, tell me, oh, you'll be scammed. I'm like, <laughs> how? <laughs> right. But it's all good. Um, so yeah, you could check out Rora Music, just R-O-R-A underscore music. Um, you could check out R-L Tones, which is, sounds different than it's spelled. So A-R-E-L-L-E underscore T-O-N-E-S, and you'll see me doing my thing. Okay, okay, good. You can also follow us uh, everywhere. It's Cultural Class Podcast on all platforms, uh, Cultural Class Pod on Twitter. Uh, send us an email. It's culturalclasspodcast at gmail.com. I'm looking for someone in 2020 to help me edit this freaking episodes. I can't be staying up all night. I have a day job. <laughs> so if one of your listeners want to help me out, I can send you the episodes after we finish recording. You have first dibs on you know, the episode before it's published. You help me edit, then we can put it out. Uh, let me know. Um, Usually at this point of the podcast, I have like my signature outro, which is kind of like my own um, song, whatever, like Maybach music, whatever that is, to to end the podcast. But given that you're an artist, I think this is a good time to plug maybe electrical kind of. Is that what you're promoting right now? Yeah, man, either one. I think electrical or save us i really like that i don't know if you heard it but i like that save us okay we can plug that okay okay we can plug save us uh here so you get to hear what rl is all about and we'll also have a link to his spotify to the diaspora ep spotify and the show notes so you can click on that if you want to hear more music you want to introduce save us real quick uh like you want to do like a breakfast club interview or the this it's like 7 p.m. So like the dinner club interview, <laughs> the dinner club interview of uh, Save Us or whatever. Hey, this is one of my my newest tracks. Um, aside from Island with KT on there, you guys are gonna really enjoy this one. This one has substance and heat and Afro beats <laughs> featuring <just> Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yours truly, RL Tone. So um, please dial in and listen. Nice. All right, guys. Have a good one.
Now we put our hands up to the sky and we call it to the most high. Cause we know that he watching and he know it's us. Cause we call on him up and then we get to talking like, I bet, Baba, give us favor. But it's long since he sent us a savior. It's us. Wait till not you want to go say. Wait till not you want to come tell us. Wait till not you want to go do. If you want to do our back, come save us. The people we try and try. The blood and the bone won't try. They try, come and take our pride. You know that's your light and fight. Tungsten and cold, diamonds and gold, platinum and oil. We act like we know, but we don't know. We say it every rent. Don't go. We clean that we clean, but we don't scope. And it's good to have faith. But our only strategy, tell it can't be hope. We say that we free, but everything we think and see, we don't control. We don't even know. Some of us sleeping with this to get us woke. They don't want you to be rich, they just wanna keep you broke. If you ask for the truth, they don't wanna give you notes. Ask where we from, they say we don't have a home. We can't carry on like the victims, man. We gotta go straight, straight for the system. Hear wisdom, we gotta listen. Giving in this tempted, we gotta keep persistent. Wait till not you want go say. Wait till not you want come tell us. Wait till not you want go do. If we want to do our back, come save us. The people we try and try. The blood and the bone won't try. They try, come and take our pride. You know we see light and Tino, but if we can do this team, it will be a great team to have done. Uh-huh.